Want to be a great leader? It's something that comes with an attitude of servanthood. Here's Pastor Al Pittman. God was teaching me to be a great leader by first teaching me to be a great servant. Amen. And you've got to start there. I don't care how much scripture you know or, or Pastor Al, if you need a little help, you know, <laughs> I got a degree, I can come up and, no, can you clean a toilet? Because when God looks for servants, when he looks for people that he wants to exalt in his church, he's looking for those who have a servant's heart. If you will be great in the house of God, you will be a servant of all. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. We've got a great study lined up for you today on The Dwelling Place. So head over to Joshua chapter 1 and join us. Pastor Al Pittman will be with us shortly to continue his new study of Joshua. Moses was the beloved leader of the Israelites for so many years, but now God tells Joshua he's going to lead the people into the promised land. Joshua had challenges behind and in front of him, that's for sure, and could have easily become discouraged. So the Lord has an encouraging word for him and us. Maybe you feel surrounded by challenges and trials today. Well, Joshua 1 has just what you need to hear. Here with the foundations for biblical leadership is Pastor Al. Joshua was sent over as a spy uh, to spy out the land, and he represented the tribe of Ephraim. And it's interesting because Ephraim literally means doubly fruitful. Amen. And by the way, Caleb was a representative of the tribe of Judah. Amen. That's kind of a little extra thrown in there. But, uh, but the, what I want you to focus on is the fact that it was, was kind of in his DNA, in Joshua's DNA, because he, he represented the tribe of Ephraim, a doubly blessed or fruitful people. I believe God wants us to be doubly fruitful. Amen? I don't think he wants us to bear a little fruit. And that's why he's the husband of the vineyard. He's a keeper of the vineyard. And he comes in and he prunes and he cuts some things off so that you can bear more fruit. He wants us doubly fruitful. He doesn't want us hanging on to dead branches and dead relationships and things that, you know, that are just hindering our walk with the Lord. He comes to cut those things. He, he digs up around the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the vine itself, and he, he fertilizes and he prunes so that we might bear more fruit. He wants us to be doubly fruitful. And when you think about it, that leadership or that that fruitfulness is in our DNA as well. And the reason I say that, spiritually speaking, it may not be in your, your, your uh, ancestry, it may not be in your, your family line, but now that you know Christ, he has placed his spirit within you that you might be doubly fruitful. Amen? That's God's desire for us. Not to settle for a little bit. Not to squeeze out one apple or one grape. Boom. Oh, that's it. I'm done. Rest of the year, I just kind of cruise. No, God wants us to be doubly fruitful within our lives. Notice something here also in verse 1, the latter part of verse 1. It says, Joshua, the assistant of Moses, he was the servant of Moses. And that, that tells me something here. There's a lesson to be learned here uh, as we go through uh, these verses. And that is that Joshua was a great leader because he was first a great servant. People want to be in leadership in the church and other places, but they don't want to serve. 
We say we do life together. What does that mean? It's just a nice little slogan. No, it means that we serve each other. It means that in the spirit of Ephesians chapter 4, as each member does its part, we build each other up in love. That's how you do life together. And so God has called us to be servants. The fruitfulness and the greatness of a warrior, a courageous warrior in Christ, is found in servitude. Not in our accomplishments. You know, we love to sit around the church and we love to polish our armor, don't we? The helmet of salvation, you know, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, amen. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. We like to polish those things. We like to polish our sword. Oh, I've got a degree in the word. I've got a degree in this. Oh, look how shiny my armor is. But very few are willing to serve. God doesn't care how shiny your armor is. Are you a servant? Because a true courageous warrior in Jesus Christ, your armor is not complete apart from the basin and the towel. Yes, John chapter 13, Jesus, of course, the last night he was uh, before his crucifixion as he ate, shared a meal uh, with his disciples. Got up from the table after the, the dinner was over, the, 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 uh, the uh, supper was over, and he filled a basin full of water and girded himself with a towel, began to wash their feet. He comes to Peter, and Peter says, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. I should wash your feet. He said, if I can't serve you, if I can't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. And then, of course, Peter goes overboard and says, wash my head and my hands and my under my arms and whatever. And the Lord said, no, you just need your feet washed. And then he said, after he was finished, what you have seen me do, you do unto one another. We're not truly a servant of the Lord unless we are willing. Our armor includes the basin and the towel. Your wife is not impressed with what you know in the Word of God if you don't serve. And wives, it applies to you as well. And brothers and sisters in Christ who are single, you want to be great in the house of God, learn to be a servant. Isn't that what Jesus told us? Mark chapter 9 where he said, and the Bible says, and he sat down and called the 12, and he said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And as we serve, exaltation, the Bible says, comes not from the north or the south, the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. The Lord lifts you up. This works not only in the church. It works on your job. We live in a day and time where people don't want to work. They have no work ethic. It's beneath them to work. But then, you know, the old saying a long time ago, you know, hard work builds good character. We have people not willing to do the hard work, working their way up from the bottom, you know. I always talk about that little award I got from General Chappie James, you know, the first four-star, African-American four-star general in the United States Air Force, commander of NORAD, Tuskegee Airmen, the original. Presented me an award, and I was working as a janitor and going to Bible college at night, and I got this award handed, presented to me by General Chappie James as custodian of the year. I, man, that's one of the best awards I've ever received. More than the degrees that I have or anything else. That, because God was teaching me to be a great leader by first teaching me to be a great servant. Amen. And you've got to start there. I don't know how much scripture you care. I don't care how much scripture you know or, or passed out if you need a little help. You know, I got a degree. I can come up and, no, can you clean a toilet? 
Because when God looks for servants, when he looks for people that he wants to exalt in his church, he's looking for those who have a servant's heart. If you will be great in the house of God, you will be a servant of all. In verse 4, God reveals the extent of the promise that he had given by revealing the measurement of the promised land. Now, this is the measurement, and different translations may read differently. Basically, they all are saying the same thing. But he's saying here, from the Negev wilderness, Negev wilderness, that is in the south, Arabia, to the Lebanon mountains, that is the Lebanon, Lebanon mountains he's referring to here, in the north. From the Euphrates River, where's that? In modern-day Iraq. Euphrates River in the, the east and to the Mediterranean Sea, which is in the west. God had given him all that land. Including, he adds, the land of the Hittites. Now, who are the Hittites? Uh, they were a people, an ancient people, who occupied a territory in the land of Canaan from the river of Egypt, the Nile, all the way up to the Euphrates River. God said, all that land... I'm giving to you. And wherever the sole of your feet touch, wherever you stand in that land, I've given it to you. Amen. Amen. Today, of course, the, the promised land, we call it, of Israel, has been greatly reduced. <laughs> Israel is about the size of New Jersey. A small slither of territory, land there now. God had promised them so much. And yet, we know that according to prophetic scripture, when Jesus returns, Revelation chapter 19 and 20, when he comes and strikes the nations, that he will restore the prophetic property or the, the, the proper prof, uh, prophetic um, promise of the land to the nation of Israel. God gave it to Israel. The Bible tells us that he would do that in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 25 and 26. You can go back and read it. God promised them that. Now, there are hostile nations all around Israel that wants to destroy Israel. These hostile nations will say, well, if Israel would just give us a little bit more land, there would be peace. But if you're given so much away that it's almost nothing, just a small slither of land of what God, uh, of what God had promised them. And these same nations talking about peace have in their own national charter, that is their own national written covenant, the annihilation of Israel. How do you have peace with somebody who wants to annihilate you? They want to push Israel into the sea. It's all right because when Jesus comes, he's going to strike the nations and he's going to restore the land as God had promised it. Amen. In verse 3, the Lord told Joshua, said every place. Every place that you set your feet, it will belong to you. Now, when he says every place, he's not talking universal. He's not talking about Europe or, or whatever. He's talking about the land that God had given them. And every place God had given them. He said, I've given it to you. That phrase, given you, is from the Hebrew word, nathan. pronounced nathan. And it means assigned or set. Uh, it means to grant to devote, to consecrate. God said, I've, I've given it to you. God was granting, therefore, Joshua authority 
and absolute victory within the realm of his promise. Oh, there's a great lesson there for us. Amen. Within the realm of his promise. Pastor Al will be back with part two of today's message titled Crossing Over in just a moment. Here at The Dwelling Place, we would count it a real blessing to be able to pray for you. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And be sure to visit our website on a regular basis to keep up with everything going on at Calvary Worship Center and with this radio outreach. That's cwccs.org. Now here's Pastor Al to finish up today's message here on The Dwelling Place. They could have just stayed on the other side because that's exactly what the devil wants us to do, even spiritually speaking. The devil always wants you to settle for less than what God has promised. Oh, that's good enough. You don't need to do anymore. That's good enough. But God continues to beckon us to cross over, to experience his abundance. But some believers sometimes, spiritually speaking, we stay on the other side of the Jordan in the desert. And we just get used to eating sand, I guess. <laughs> Pounding sand or whatever phrase you want to use. We want to stay over there. It's convenient. It's safe. But God calls us again to cross over. Because think about it. What is the extent of God's promise for the believer today? Okay, we don't live in Israel and all this. But what is the extent of God's promise for us today? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 tells us that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus, in him, are yes and amen, amen, to the glory of God through us. How is God glorified through us? And how do we glorify God? By embracing his promises. Amen? That's what he said. What's the extent of his promise? That it, 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 they're all yes and amen in Christ. Christ is the promise, amen? And as our feet, wherever we are, in every place I stand, wherever I work, in my home, wherever I go, because I am in Christ and I'm standing on the promises of God, God says, I've given you victory in that place, amen? So it doesn't matter what we go through, what's happening in my life. I'm in Christ. I'm standing in the promises of God. God promises to deliver me. He says, I've given you that. I've given all of that to you. No matter what your status in life is, no matter what weapon is formed against you, what the devil is trying to do to you in your life, God has, he has assigned, he has set up, he has granted, he has de devoted, he has consecrated wherever you are right now that you might stand in victory on the promise promises in Christ. Amen. <laughs> Praise his holy name. And that tells me that God is always sovereign. Yes, no matter where I'm standing, he stands for us. And thus, we, 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 we need to not fear the giants in the land, but trust in God. Pastor, you don't know, there's some Anakim over there, you know, some giants. I'm, I'm, I'm a grasshopper in their sight. But what did God say? Stand on his promise. Stand on his word. I don't have to fear what happens in Washington. I don't have to fear what's happening in the economy. I don't have to fear what's happening, you know, mandates coming down from the governor's office. I don't have to fear any of that. Amen? Because I live in Goshen. Amen? I live in Goshen. I live in the territory, the promises of God. 
You know, Goshen, Goshen was the place where the children of Israel, when they first went down to Egypt, they lived in a place called Goshen, and there was a famine in the land of Egypt. And, of course, Joseph helped them through that famine, but Goshen was flourishing because of the promise of God. And God has promised us we do not have to fear man. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, Hebrews 10, 23, if you're taking notes, says he who promised that is God is faithful. God is faithful to his people. And then Psalm 62 says that he only is my rock, that is God, and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory and the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your heart before him. He is a refuge for us. That's my God. That's your God. We can trust him even in this day. We can cross over even in this day. We're crossing over for some of you might mean believing you can love again after you've gone through a horrendous divorce. You've been paralyzed. The deep waters of the Jordan River, the rushing current has caused you to say, well, I'll never be able to love again. I'll just settle for the other side of the Jordan. God has said, no, cross over. Trust me. For some of us, we find it hard to cross over because we lost a loved one and we haven't advanced since that day. For others, it may be some change, some drastic change, some unexpected trial has paralyzed you. And God is speaking to you, say, crossover. For others, it might be crossing over, might be picking up the phone and saying, I'm sorry. There's scary places. We, we don't know what to expect. The children of Israel were in that place, but God had given them a promise. You can cross over on the promise of God. In conclusion, warriors cross over, warriors stay behind. Warriors cross over, not because they feel good or they're practice up or they cross over trusting God. Warriors will stay behind. Warriors never change. They're stuck in the desert of doubt and unbelief. But warriors, those who seek to please God, who are totally dependent and reliant upon him will rise up and cross over because they want to be everything that God wants them to be. Amen. Joshua, his faith was not in his ability <laughs> by no means. I mean, God has spent almost a whole chapter just encouraging him because he was like us. He was afraid. He wasn't trusting. He crossed over not trusting in his ability as we'll see further next week. But because he trusted in the promise of God, and because he trusts, he places hope in, in the promise of God, his life impacted an entire nation, the nation of Israel. God wants your life to make an impact in your home, in this church, in this city, in this nation, in the world. But we can't do it apart from trusting in his promises. We can't do it apart from believing him for great and mighty things. We can't do it unless we're willing to cross over. Your courage 
is an encouragement to others. Your courage encourages others. A courageous warrior will be a courageous dad. A courageous warrior can be a courageous mom. A courageous warrior can be a courageous employer or employee, courageous student or friend, community leader, a courageous witness for Christ. But we have to cross over. What is God calling you to do that you're afraid of? And listen, he doesn't call us to do something that's carnal and outside of his will. I'm talking about, you know it's the Lord. He's been speaking to your heart. Amen. It's time to cross over. One of my favorite actors passed away the other day, Sidney Poitier. And, uh, of course, one of his favorite, favorite movies that I like that he performed in was called Raisin in, in the Sun. He did uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Remember that movie? And uh, when I came to pastor this church, it was like, guess who's coming to pastor? <laughs> this church was predominantly white. Amen. When I came, it was like, you know, I was like, well, what are you doing here? You know, is it Missionary Sunday? I don't know. <laughs> Amen. But Sidney Poitier crossed over. He crossed over to become the first African-American to receive an Oscar in 1964. Changed Hollywood. He crossed over from the Bahamas. His parents were poor tomato farmers in the Bahamas. He crossed over. He came to Miami, and then he went to New York, and the rest is history. He could have stayed in the Bahamas and said, you know what? I, I just, I just, my mama picked tomatoes. Daddy picked tomatoes. Granddaddy picked tomatoes. <laughs> I'm going to pick tomatoes. But he dared to believe, and he crossed over. What an example for us. How much more should we believe in our God? Some Christians are content to be tomato pickers rather than crossing over and possessing the land, the promises of God. Listen to what the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There we find the words of Paul the Apostle who said, But as it is said, it is written, Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. It's time to cross over and possess all that Jesus died to give you. This has been The Dwelling Place with pastor and author Al Pittman. You can listen to today's message again, watch the video version, or download an MP3 with a simple click, just go to cwccs.org and click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. That would be a great encouragement to Pastor Al and all of us here at The Dwelling Place. You can also share a prayer request with us, and we'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Let me also remind you in closing that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported outreach. We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. 
If you'd like to join our support team with a one-time gift or on a regular monthly basis, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and join us for another study in God's wonderful Word, next time on The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman, presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dwelling Place